Welcome back to Chatooine, everyone. The Book of Boba Fett is now adding some new cameos, including everyone's favorite Mandalorian. Disney has made a real lightsaber. A Lucasfilm trademark creates a new excitement, and we get the description for the Ahsoka Tano series. All that and more here on Chatooine. Still the best intro I think a Star Wars <laughs> has. I don't I don't know many Star Wars podcasts, but if they have an intro like that, please send them here. Who oh. who made the intro for you? Uh some guy through jeez, ah, what's it called? Um is it it's not Skillshare. Uh it was it was a website that I oh Fiverr. Fiverr, that's what it's called. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but um I he had made contact with me and because I had put out like what I expected for an intro and he said he could do it and he did it. I might look into that honestly. Getting a nice intro. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll even send you the guy who did it for me. He's not only really professional, like I showed him kind of the stuff that I wanted and he like went into detail on like, all right, I can't do this because this is a team of animators. Like it, it, there's a there's a meme going around Twitter of like people who understood the assignment or whatever. This guy understood <laughs> the assignment, like like tip top. He he knew exactly what to do. So did he make the um the backgrounds too for uh Shadowing? No, that was a different guy who I worked with. He he surprisingly i had um like 10 people that i had worked with through fiverr not on this but on various different stuff just kind of testing the market for it and not many people were that good or what i expected like there are people who i was thinking about paying for making my thumbnails uh, none of those ever worked out i have someone else who's working on my thumbnails and he's done a great job but uh the guy who made the background for chatooine the new layout he he did a really good job and he understood kind of like the star wars vibe that we were going for so real, Definitely. real proud of all those people yeah. over there. Good, good job. For it depends Fiverr. on who you go with. Fiverr yeah, has a lot of good people. I uh, like the background on, on my show with the, me and yellow as a Jedi and then Sith. Um, I got that over off of Fiverr um, mm. as well. And the music I hired off someone off of Fiverr to do the music too. Huh. Definitely going to have to look into that then. Cause I'm ready to up my YouTube game. Mm-hmm. Well, before we start talking about Star Wars, I, I do kind of want to hear your thoughts on some of the Amazon stuff that's been going around. Me, I, surprisingly, this is perfect timing for this question. Me and Miss Only have just caught up with Invincible over the past 24 hours. Like We just watched it. And um, I have to admit, I, I am surprisingly impressed with the series and I really do like it. So uh, Star Wars aside, I will be I will, I will be watching this for the remainder of the <laughs> however the series goes. So have you yeah. guys been watching Invincible at all? Yep. Yep. Invincible. All of them. Is it bad? I haven't even heard of the show. It's not well, bad. It's understandable. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, not a lot of people hear of Amazon Prime shows unless they're really looking for Amazon Prime shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boys was kind of spectacular. Everyone, I guess, kind of knew about The Boys, but it's Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. <clears throat> yeah, but it's uh, there wasn't a lot of, to be honest with you, there wasn't a lot of advertisement for it. Um, no, no. Uh, for me, the advertisement was the ending to season one or the ending to episode one. And, and Logan, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, that, that that clip went around and I was I watched it and I was like, oh, like, my God, oh this is. God. Yeah, like because because that that ending is completely different from the rest of the tone of episode one. So if you yeah. guys have seen the boys, it's like that. But Ooh. without like the government overly involved, it's a little bit more gory. It To me, I, I would I would honestly say it feels very realistic. That's what I was telling yeah. this only about an hour or two. when We were watching, I think, episode six or five. I was like it's surprising how real like real world this feels with superheroes on like they're still dealing dealing with their day-to-day lives of high school and everything so if you haven't seen invincible i recommend it it's great yeah, and uh, it's good and it's not a rip-off either of, of no boys because it was a comic book from the early 2000s an image comic from like 2003 2004 or something like that mm-hmm I don't know if you heard too. Uh, Amazon is spending four hundred and sixty-five million dollars on the first season of Lord of the Rings, which gives me a lot of excitement because I'm a huge—I mean, me and Longa both huge Tolkien fan. This is supposed to be in the Second Age, so like we're still dealing with like uh, Sauron, kind of—he's—he's uh, he's faded away, but he's now with the Numenorians and everything. Uh, really excited for that entire show, but um. God, that's a lot of money for one season. Holy shit. The Mandalorian only is, I think, 150 per season. So they're almost triple what that is. Um, yeah, what's it called? And Game of Thrones was like 100, which that was known as like the biggest show production wise. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious. I hope it doesn't suck though, because I'm spending that much money on a show and it's awful. That would be, that would be a that's, huge blow. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly my thing. It's like you got to be really careful when you're adapting Lord of the Rings uh, to begin with. Uh, anything Lord of the Rings. Uh, and also, if you're spending that much money, 
the bar now is set high. You have no excuse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have no Damn. excuse. They better get you know? a lot of viewers. <laughs> yeah. Like, now it's a lot it's, of money. No, they're not necessarily adapt. There's no like story they're just straight up adapting, right? I know there's a Similarian or something. That's what yeah, it is, the sim, right? Sim, Similarian is it's uh, not that exactly, right? Yeah, it's gonna be too hard. I mean, the Similarian spans across like it, so. There's ages in Lord of the Rings. So in Middle Earth, there's yeah. the Fourth Age, which I think is um, after the the movies and everything when there's nothing but peace of so the third age which we see in the movies and the lord of the rings books and then there's the second there's the first age and then there's like before that when Luvatar created the entire universe and right. there's like singing involved it's it's very complex so i i don't think they're gonna cover everything from yeah. the books because it's the similarian uh, to be fair i mean people uh, token fans like to argue this back and forth because there's uber fans but it's like if you want to be fair the similarian is is pretty much mostly a history book mm-hmm. it's not really uh telling a, a story per se like a normal book was or like lord of the rings was or the hobbit was it's more yeah. of a history book so adapting that is a lot harder but you can take it a little different things like because i believe this one is the second age um yeah i believe it in, in, in this for this series um which is young galadriel and and uh all that other stuff so we're talking about like the, the numenor the, the numenorian kings were still around i think in this in this one yeah, yeah, the Numenor is still a thing. It was yeah. it was sunk by Luvatar because Saruman like got captured by them. He convinced them to basically invade um, wherever the wherever the the Valar area, the heaven basically, which is funny because in heaven in for West. Middle Earth, all you all you have to do is sail. You just have to get on a boat and, and just sail towards go west, heaven. young men. Yeah, if we can only <laughs> do that here in a. Here in the real world, maybe Tolkien was saying that um, America was heaven, and he was hearing about a uh, what is it, Virginia? What's that state that's like it's almost like heaven? I can't, I can't remember. That's like they're saying, and if that's almost heaven, man, I don't know, uh, I don't know how good that's looking for us. But uh, we can get into. The... I wouldn't call Virginia heaven. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this, is, this is all a foreign language to me. Yeah, well, it won't be foreign when the when the show comes out and it, they're paying you millions of dollars to watch it because they're literally just throwing away money at this point. But yeah. uh, no one's throwing away money at us to watch Star Wars, but we still do it. So thanks for joining us here on Chatooine, everyone. I'm your host, Star Wars Only, joined with Darth Daddy Lunga and The Goldman. If you're new here on Chatooine, we talk about news, topics, debates, and we simply chat about Star Wars. Also on Spotify for any podcast listeners, but if you're watching the show, leave a like, a comment in the stream, and we will engage with you all. Super chat questions are guaranteed an answer, and the answers will always be right. There's nothing that we say here that is absolutely wrong, so enjoy your (laughs) correct answers when you do it. But for our first topic of the day, uh, we recently have a new report that revealed the upcoming live-action series, Book of Boba, will feature multiple cameos, and one of them is going to be someone that we all know and love. Our first cameo is, of course, the Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin. But the person who revealed this, a guy named Jordan Mason, also said that there are three more characters that will appear will appear in this um, upcoming series. Uh, Grief Karga, Migs Mayfield, which is Bill Burr, if you don't know, and, of course, everyone's favorite on the show, Cobb Vance. So I want to hear your thoughts on this first, Goldman. What do you think about all these cameos? Din Djarin, Grief Karga, Migs Mayfield, and Cobb Vance. It makes me wonder how tied in to the Mandalorian show or the Mandalorian story this show is going to be. Because based off of the end, like the post credit scene of the last episode, I don't know. It seems like he's going to focus a lot on like the underworld and all that kind of stuff. And right now, Mando's story doesn't seem to be involved with that anymore. It seems like he's going to be much more focused on retaking Mandalore with Bo-Katan and all that. So if all these characters are going to show up, then it makes me wonder how involved the two stories are. And I have a unique perspective on the Boba Fett show because I seem to be like one of the few people that just has close to no excitement for it at all. So I guess seeing people like Bill Burr um, and the other characters from Mandalorian has me a little bit excited, but um, especially Bill Burr. I know you and me, Star Wars, only both want to see him again. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it just makes me wonder how involved uh, this show or how much it'll tie in with the story of the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's kind of the the next question that I was even going to have uh, for you, Lunga, when it comes to the immersiveness. I mean, we're starting this new thing called the Mandoverse, and it's supposed to tie in so many different shows, so many different spinoff shows. I like this one right here, Book of Boba Fett. We also have the Ahsoka Tano series, Rangers of the New Republic. And we'll talk about the Ahsoka Tano series in our next uh, topic. But do you think these cameos in the Book of Boba Fett are the first signs of these shows crossing over in their stories? 
Right. Well, first thing we got to use the correct terminology, right? It's not the Mandoverse; it's the Filoniverse. So let, let's, oh, let's get God. that. Let's get that straight right off the bat. It's the Filoniverse. I don't care if he's not associated with all these projects. It's the Filoniverse. Let's let's be fair, okay? It's, it's not the Favreverse. <laughs> no, it's the Filoniverse. <laughs> Only because Filoniverse sounds better than Favreverse. Um, That's good. Filoniverse. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, you see what they're doing though here, right? They're, they're they realized they gave us new characters in the sequel trilogy that a lot of people didn't like. They knew there was a lot of uh, uh, distaste with some of the characters, or at least, or at least how the characters were presented. Let's say I'm not gonna say the characters mm-hmm. in concept were bad, but a lot of people, a lot of Star Wars fans had a problem with how these new characters were presented and didn't they didn't feel with them, they didn't connect with them, they didn't like them. So what they're doing is that they're not using still like they're not using a lot of legacy characters. Obviously, we have Boba Fett. We have some ties with certain things, and, and they're grabbing from stuff, stuff, a lot of stuff with the animated universe, which is why I call it the Floniverse because they're grabbing a lot of mm-hmm. animated characters and bringing them in. Um, and they're trying to give us some old and new characters that Star Wars fans are going to be m- more on mass connect with than they did with the sequel trilogy. So that's why they're trying to bring all these other characters in. I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of these characters coming in. Uh, is is there one that specifically sticks out to you both? Because I feel like Cobb Vanth, in terms of story, is perfect for the show. Uh, Din, Din Djarin kind of it doesn't surprise me, but I'm kind of glad just because that is Din Djarin and we're so used to him. But Cobb Vanth being in this, I think that means we're going to explore the story on not only how he had the armor, but like how it went from <laughs> basically Boba's body to the Jawas. Because all we know is that Cobb Vanth was injured he was discovered by the jawas and they helped him up uh but kind of the the entire aspect of that i think is going to be an interesting relationship to see cobb vanth and boba talk it out fight each other about it i mean it's it's pretty famous armor at this point for a star wars fan so it's nice to see that it has a little bit of legacy even in the star wars universe Uh, is there a specific character that you guys are looking forward to though out of the i think three or four that i mentioned mayfield uh, grief karga Cobb Vanth and Din Djarin. Is there one that you guys want to see more? My favorite would probably be a Cobb Vanth. Oh no, it's weird because conceptually, an episode like the first episode of uh, season two of Mando shouldn't be one I like so much because it doesn't really progress the mm-hmm. plot all that much. But I think it was just a mixture of him and just the the fun of the Great Dragon. I love that episode so much, uh, and I absolutely want to see Cobb Vanth again. It makes me wonder if they're because they did say that all these shows in the Filoni-verse, or the, the shows in the Mando era, they're, they're <laughs> mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna combine into one big story. I wonder if there's gonna be like this Avengers moment with like all these cameos, like Cobb Vanth, Boa Fett, and everyone besides Cara Dune shows up at the end to save the day. <laughs> and um, everyone but Cara Dune. <laughs> so yeah, it makes me wonder if that's something like that's gonna happen. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a big cameo person. I don't particularly care for having returning characters show up. Uh, I mean, the show is going to be about Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. Um, so if there's other characters, great. Um, but I don't really go into stories looking forward to cameos. Well, that's interesting, too, is because we talked about that a lot of uh, going into season two of The Mandalorian. I mean, the show specifically, we we talked about how there were so many cameos in season two for The Mandalorian that our cameos, all three of them, got completely <laughs> overshadowed by everybody else. And so I'm hoping that we don't have the same situation going forward where it's like cameo city for every show, but I'll, I'll admit uh, any concerns I had about that after season two of the Mandalorian uh, kind of laid that to rest. I, I'm not really worried about a lot of cameos anymore because I, I trust someone like John Favreau with this and I trust Dave Filoni with it. I feel like Dave Filoni actually becomes more of a victim of bad cameos than John Favreau has, at least when I look at something like Star Wars Rebels compared to what we have with Mandalorian. But uh, Lunga, I want to hear your thoughts. Who is the person that you want to see the most out of all these cameos? Yeah, I, I would say Cobb Vanth as well. Um, I, he, I, I mean, I, lo- I love Timothy Oliphant to begin with. I thought he did a great job um, playing that character. And it was a real interesting character to begin with, just from what we know from the, the books and, and what the way they presented him in Mando. Um, so he's a real interesting character. I'd like to see more of him just because he's new. Now, Mando himself obviously is new too. And I I would say close second is Mando just because I would like to see him and Boba talk about this whole Mandalorian thing. How the way Boba's philosophy is with the with the code and he's his own man and and so on and so forth. And that way Mando, because Mando is obviously, he's at a, uh, a crossroads, if you will, about his philosophy mm-hmm. um, when we left him off in this season, in this last season. Um, so I think that could be interesting as well. 
And side note, uh, when we're talking about Bad Batch, there's a lot of Fennec Shan in Bad Batch. That trailer was just loaded with Fennec Shan. She was all over that trailer. Yeah, yeah. She she's gonna be in it. And apparently, um, I think it was the guys from Kessel Run Transmissions who also put this out this past week. Apparently, the Bad Batch may have Grogu showing up in it somehow, some way, and a Jedi is going to be involved with Grogu. So mm-hmm. we got we got a lot of uh, I'll. I think someone asked that in a question. We did a community post yesterday for Chatooine. If you guys wanted to leave a question for us to get to in today's video and today's show, um, we're probably going to do that later half of the show. But one of them did talk about that. So I, I feel like they're really trying to interconnect the story that we've we've seen Marvel do it with all their movies, but now Star Wars is finally doing it. But I, I would honestly argue in their own unique way. I mean, the Book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett is supposed to be a successor to the Mandalorian. This isn't Mandalorian season three. I don't. I know that was a narrative for a while, but this will continue the story after season two. This does take place after season two. So with Din Djarin being in that, this this is kind of like the unofficial uh, seasons two point five for the Mandalorian, if you will, leading into season three. Because this goes from December to February, and from what we've heard, everything when it comes to the shows releasing next year, it looks like the Mandalorian season three is coming out right after. Book of Boba Fett. So we're gonna we're gonna have the story continued for uh, a large part of 2020, and yeah. I think that's a good sign. Uh, I, I hope they follow the um, what Marvel's doing a little bit, not with like the whole design of the story, but how you know they had WandaVision run for a few weeks that ended. There was like a two week break, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier started, and then once this ends, uh, Loki's gonna start up in like a month and a half. Um, I think that would be that would be great for us Star Wars content creators if we were getting a new Star Wars show every few months. Um, so I, I I think I think 2022 is going to be like that because you know, when we got the Cassandor show, we got Obi Wan um, and everything like that. So I'm definitely yeah. looking forward. Even to... Even Ahsoka is uh, reportedly coming out in 2022, which I did not wow. expect. I, yeah, I, I it's it's going into production this year actually. So I really didn't think it was going to. Uh, come out so soon but um there's some set leaks there's been a lot of set leaks actually there's so many shows in production right now there's uh some leaks for book of boba there's some leaks for the cast and andor series the obi-wan series and now uh there are some leaks on the trees from the ahsoka tana series which i have no idea why that means anything but hey if you're into the trees that's uh that's your cup of tea mm. you know <laughs> and, and entering uncharted territory trees. for star wars yeah i don't yeah. know yeah we got we got rock characters now so Geo the Rock, the, the the best character <laughs> of all time. Um, speaking of which, like when it comes to Star Wars books, I, I kind of want to keep up to date on you guys when it comes uh, to where you're at with reading in Star Wars books. Every time we do a show, because uh, I I have finally started getting into it. I'm, I'm reading right now the uh, the the latest Ron book, Chaos uh, Rising, I think, or Chaos Ascending. It's the second one from Timothy Zahn that's coming out in um, on I think April. Chaos 27th. Rising was the first one. Okay, then then it may not be chaos rising. It may be um, ascendancy or ascendancy. Thrawn ascendancy. Yes, Thrawn ascendancy. It's got like two dragons on the front. Uh, I'm I'm at chapter five right now, but uh, that's that's the Star Wars book I'm reading up until I can finish Into the Dark uh, because that one's really boring. What, what are you guys reading? I'm actually recently. I don't know. I, when I was younger, younger, I'd say like throughout my high school days and the early parts of college, I would do I would read like every new Star Wars novel. I feel like recently I've been reading a lot more just nonfiction. I, I do read the occasional Star Wars book, but I don't know. The High Republic, The Light of the Jedi, I enjoyed it, but I, I wouldn't say I'm dying to read the uh, the next Del Rey book in that series. Um, I have Into the, Into the Dark, but I haven't read it yet. Um, I don't know. I'm, I think I, I did read Chaos Rising, and I liked it, so I might get the second one, which I just looked up. It was called uh, The Greater Good. Like, Thrawn Ascendancy is the name of the trilogy, and then I think the first one was Chaos Rising, and then the second one is The Greater Good. And the third one is actually supposed to come out this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, in, in a perfect world, because the Mandoverse, Filoniverse, whatever, it's it's tying in heavily with Thrawn. It seems like Thrawn might be the big bad or whatever at the end. Um, and they're just writing a new Thrawn trilogy. So part of me wants these stories to connect. Like may, maybe these books plant the seeds for um certain lore like chis lore that will be revealed later on in mando season 10 or whatever but my hopes with that are kind of shot because apparently timothy zahn said that he has no knowledge of anything that's going on with the shows so i think that's uh-huh. just a big missed opportunity maybe maybe he's lying and i hope he is but i think eckhart's ladder asked him once on twitter 
and uh, Timothy's uh, Timothy's on the writer of the book said he has no knowledge of what's going on with the shows. Yeah, it's uh, Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. Oh, that's a little too bright. Oh yeah, it's Thrawn Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. That's the the book you're Okay, so that's, that's that's the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the one. one. I I still haven't finished it. <laughs> uh, it's just it was it's too slow for me, and I know that's the point. Because that is literally the point of Thrawn. It's this very yeah. methodical uh, yeah. detective kind of, you know, figure. But it's just moving a little too slow for me. Well, um, I'll admit the yeah, second book speed. is... Yeah, the, the first book, um, <laughs> I, I did what you did. <laughs> I did what you did, uh, Lunga. I, I listened to it on audio. And yeah. um, I did listen at 1.25, I think, and it went better for me. But um, the second one, I'm, I'm reading, you know, actually sitting down and reading it. And a few chapters in, and it's it's not fast-paced, but it I, I'm, I'm more interested in this already than I was with the last book, just because of how they're setting things up, if you will, because they've been using uh, memories as interlude chapters that really help this. Um, yeah. But uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the next Thrawn book and uh, the third one that comes out this year. And like you, Goldman, I, I had heard that basically Timothy Zahn doesn't know what's going to happen with uh, Thrawn's story, which I think is kind of shocking because they're putting out two books this year. And I feel like that means we're, kind of knowing or at least Lucasfilm knows where they want to go with the character of Thrawn and his story because we're getting into the important stuff for him and and speaking of the devil uh, I do want to talk about the Ahsoka Tano series uh, a scooper named Daniel Richmond revealed what he said is the official description for the Ahsoka Tano series and the description reads as follows Ahsoka Tano is on the hunt for the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn in the hope it will help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago i'll give this question to you first longa what do you think about this series description so far uh you mean a series description that any one of us could have written because <laughs> that's obviously what the show is about i mean i didn't need a scoop for that that's we've yeah. been saying oh yeah the Soka, obviously the soka series is gonna be her chasing thrawn and looking for ezra we yeah <laughs> literally everything we all knew about the show is apparently what the description was right. one of the reasons i was i was skeptical on this i i i trust daniel i guess as much as i trust uh any other 50 50 scooper because he's gotten things right and gone and I, I, he's either gotten them right or i i just don't know about it because i haven't seen his star wars scoops come to fruition yet but when this came out i was like man have they even started production on the show how do we have the the, the description for this before book of boba mandalorian season i was like this makes no sense and this something... is literally one you can speculate yeah. <laughs> call it a scoop and you have a good 95 to 99 percent chance that that's what it's gonna be yeah. Like, what else did you think it was going to be about? Is she going to time travel back to like season one of the Clone Wars? Um, oh. Goldman, what, what do you think about the description? Yeah, I mean, it's, it restates the obvious. Um, now, given that is the case, and it's basically this Rebels successor show that was supposed to be animated, but I guess that's not going to happen anymore. Um, I'm, I'm curious to find out why Thrawn never returned to the Empire. Maybe he just... Like when they went to the unknown regions or wherever they went, he just stuck with the Chiss or whatever. And then where's Ezra been? Has Ezra been in like a prison for what? It's been now 10 years since the yeah. end of Rebels to the Mando era. So and also Ezra was a kind of annoying kid. So I'd like to see a much more mature Ezra. I mean, he'd be what in his late 20s? I don't know how mature you can be then, but. Rahul um, Kohli, who they're obviously not casting, but who's the obvi obvious choice. Obviously casted as, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious to see, because I wonder if Sabine's going to be a big part of it, um, because Ahsoka wasn't a big part of Rebels. I mean, she was in it, but besides the second season, she was barely there. Mm -hmm. So if, if this is really the Rebel, Rebels successor show, how much of the Rebels cast are we going to get? Are we going to get Hera? Are we going to get Zeb? Are we going to get Sabine? Um, are we going to get uh, Hera's kid and Jason's kid? or Jason Sindula is the kid's name. Yeah. Um, Kanan is good. So I, I just wonder how much it ties into Rebels. Part of me hope it doesn't tie in too much. Because uh, I liked how Rebels was its own show. You didn't need to watch Clone Wars to watch Rebels. And I think that um, the Ahsoka show is going to be that. Should you watch Rebels if you want a better understanding of the Ahsoka show? Probably. But it's not mandatory viewing. Um, so it makes me just wonder how much it will tie into uh, Rebels. Yeah, and I mean, we did get that epilogue scene, which Felonia said, ah, but I didn't tell you when that was. Yeah, yeah, in uh, reference to this episode of The <laughs> right. of Mandalorian. Right, and to be fair, 
he did do that in Rebels a lot. He did. There was a lot of time jumps and time skips, and he didn't always tell you exactly when they were. You had to kind of figure it out as he went along. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is obviously that's where it start. Most likely, that scene starts off at the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. She meets up with with Sabine and says, "We need to find Ezra." And from all accounts, if they're following what Filoni set up there, her and Sabine together are supposed to go look for Ezra and Thrawn. Um, and so I don't think we'll see a lot. I, I mean, I'm sure we'll go get some cameos or run into it. But again, they're supposed to be going off to the unknown regions, oh, far away from everybody to mm-hmm. find them. So maybe we'll get some cameos early on in the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'll be chock full of all these rebel cameos. Well, that's yeah. one thing I said I really liked about this potential story that we have with Ahsoka is that... Like when it comes to the Mandalorian, like we watch the show, it's like, okay, we know what's going to happen with the Empire. They're going to become the First Order. And we, we know that Snoke comes along or something like that and eventually. And with the New Republic, we know that they become the Resistance and the Republic again, whatever. When it comes to Ahsoka and where her story ends, we have no idea. We, we, we knew that Luke Skywalker was eventually going to die. We don't know what's going to happen with Ahsoka. We, we have no real reference point to go forward in the future. And then when it comes to Thrawn and Ezra, that's where I'm most interested in because it's it's like kind of like you were hinting at Goldman of like is is Ezra being imprisoned for all this time? They've been to they they've been into the unknown regions for ten years. Have they been working together? Did they become mutual friends? Is Thrawn reuniting with the Chiss ascendancy? Why didn't he come back to the Empire? Does he even know that the Empire has fallen? Is he concerned about the war that's going on in the galaxy, or is he concerned about what's happening with the Chiss? And maybe there's this new threat. The Grisk is what they've been talking about in the new books that is going to be a big threat to the galaxy that's even bigger than the Sith. I feel like there's a lot of great story opportunities that we have with Thrawn and Ezra and their situation right now that I really hope they don't blow it, but I also hope they blow our minds in the sense of getting into this new uncharted territory in Star Wars, like like you were saying, mm-hmm. Lungo, the unknown regions. I mean, th- there's something to that, that phrase and that name of unknown regions and making that very interesting because I feel like they dropped the ball a little bit when it came to Emperor Palpatine, uh, they hinted in the Aftermath books, the first trilogy that came out after uh, Return of the Jedi, canonically. And in that trilogy, they talked about the Unknown Regions, and there was something that the First Order was going to build out there. And then it turns out it was just Palpatine and Exegol. And that was, I guess, cool in concept, but on execution, I was like, eh, that's a waste of the Unknown Regions. Maybe they can do something better here. What do you guys think? You go first, Logan. <laughs> I mean, listen. I'm so excited about all this stuff. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in with everything. It's like I'm not even. The Bad Batch was the only one I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. But that's looking good too. I'm just freaking excited about everything that's coming out. That I don't care. It's like give me all of it. I'm, I, I know you. You worry about cameos a lot and stuff like that too. I don't even worry about them that much. I'm like, just yeah, put them in. Put them in. I'll judge them afterwards. Then I'll say, oh, you put too much in here. You put way too much in here. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's all. It's all uh, member berries. This is important. But no. I just get, give me all the Star Wars you can give me. If you're doing stuff the way you've been doing the Mandalorian, I'm I'm excited for all of it. I, I want to see all of it. Put as much, fill it up with as much stuff as you can. Um, I'd say for me, what I'm looking forward to the most with all these like the story ideas, kind of just the connectivity in general. I think that while the lore of in the sequel trilogy. Th- in the movies was very poorly explained. I think conceptually it could be something really interesting with the empire, you know, having this 30 year plan of trying to retake the galaxy. Now granted the first order looked like a bunch of wimps, but I think with this show, they can really make the empire look a lot more or the first order look a lot more threatening. And maybe they get to a point, maybe they Lucasfilm spends the next like five to 10 years really fleshing out the 30 year time period between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. Cause right now we're in like the beginning part of it. We're only about five years after return of the Jedi, maybe mm-hmm. the Mandalorian story ends like 10 years to 15 years. And then after that, they start telling newer stories that are still before the force awakens, but um, are closer to that era. And then we get more about the first order when it's actually the first order, not just an Imperial remnant, um, and then maybe they can potentially flesh out uh, Palpatine and Exegol because I don't know. The thing with the thing with the Rise of Skywalker is that J.J. Abrams really didn't care at all for the Lucasfilm story group, whatever. So when he created Palpatine on Exegol, that has nothing to do with like the pre-established canon. So I'm curious to see how they're going to tie to try how they're going to try and tie it in to the Rise of Skywalker, and if they are going to, 
I hope they don't just like discard that as like, oh, Palpatine was on Exegol this whole time, but we're going to build this entirely other different story. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious how all this is going to lead up to what we saw in the sequels. Will it lead up to anything after the sequels? Or is it just telling its own contained story? And if it is, that's going to be fine with me. And and do I got to say what, what people have said and I've said before, which I think is fine. Uh, Filoni is going to make the sequels more palatable, just like he made the prequels more palatable with Clone Wars. Uh, that's that's what I'm Very looking true. at. That's what I see is ha- is going to happen. Yeah, I, My, I, I, I say agree. palatable, not fix, because mm-hmm. you can't fix it, <laughs> but more palatable. Well, are you saying yeah. you can't fix the prequels or you can't fix the sequels long ago? Both. That's very oh, <laughs> <laughs> both. <laughs> no. Yeah. On a serious note, Lunga's right. The films are out. There's nothing you can do to change the films themselves, unless they were actually going to release new cuts to the movies. But you can you can do a lot to fix the lore that was established. Like for me, if the Clone Wars didn't exist, I'd have no interest in the Clone Wars. But the fact that the Clone Wars show does exist, that there's a few of these books that tie in, that a lot of these aspects from the Clone Wars, we see it linger on in these other shows. And that's going to be one of the most interesting aspects about the Bad Batch. What is it like for these clones that were born for combat? What is it going to be like for them after a big war? Um, And I think they should do something like that with the sequels. They're going to spend hopefully these next few years fleshing out the stories before the sequels. So it's going to fix a little bit of the lore because you can't do anything to fix Ray or Finn or Poe before chronologically before the events of the sequels. Maybe you could do something with like Ray's dad or whatever, but not necessarily the character of her. Um, And then hopefully Anakin though, they made Anakin just that much better. (laughs) Yeah. That's well. I'm getting to that with Anakin. They, they made a show during the clone wars, which is Anakin in his prime. So my hope is that they really flesh out this era between episode six and seven and then once it's really fleshed out, then they go into post episode nine stuff. Maybe that's what Rogue Squadron is going to be about. Are they going to have other show that, shows that tie into Rogue Squadron? And then that's the opportunity where you can potentially fix um, the sequel trilogy characters to those who are not really interested in them, like they did with Anakin. That's my hope. Yeah, I, I could see it working. Uh, I mean, it would. I feel like it's going to be a little more complicated in a sense of the Clone Wars took place during the perfect time period between episodes two and three, so we could really open up our characters, uh, Padme, Anakin, Obi Wan, a little bit more with Ray, Finn, and Poe. There's not only not a lot of time between the sequel movies. There's not so much you can do in terms of like there's this big galactic war that you know lasts like what five to ten years or something like that. So I, I hope. Like you're saying, Goldman, that that this does help the sequels a little bit more flesh out that era and that timeline. Uh, for me, I'm I'm curious in, in certain characters like Ahsoka. Uh, one thing that I do that I have said, and uh, even Victor asked right here, is like a her story coming to an end. That's one thing I want to ask you guys before we move on to our next topic. Is uh, do you guys want to see her story end? Because I've I've made the argument of. I like Ahsoka. She's a good character. She's a great character in the Star Wars universe. And uh, a lot of people like the fact that she's kind of her own thing. You know, it's not like uh, Ray, where she's controversial for being a female or something like that. Everyone just accepts Ahsoka and likes her character. But I do feel like after this series, her story needs to come to an end at some point. I don't need to see her die. That's not what I'm saying here is that I, I just want some conclusion, some finality to it. There's, there's always something to having closure to your stories. And she's been in, Star Wars since I was nine years old and uh, I'm 21 now. So it's kind of like, and I'm going on 22 next year. So it's like, yeah, this is getting a little bit you know, extreme or I'm, I'm ready to move on with their story and let someone like Din Djarin be the new Ahsoka Tano for the next generation. Uh, so Longa, I'll give this to you first. Uh, do you want to see her story in? And if so, when? I mean, everyone's story has to come to an end sometime, obviously. Uh, that's just the reality of, of life and any kind of story. There's going to be got to be an end to someone's story eventually. However, I do have to disagree with your, oh, I've been watching her since I was nine years old. Yeah, you've been watching her since nine, you were nine years old when she was what? Between the ages of 12 and 15? <laughs> I mean, she has a lot of life yeah. left after her teenage years. You know what I mean? So I think there's lots of room for a lot of different stories. Um, her be kept being you know more mature and, and, and the fact that now she's not a Jedi. She's basically... If, for lack of a better word, for there not being anything really, she's a great Jedi, if you think about it. I, mm-hmm. I know people argue that all the time. That's not what it means. I get it. But it's still, you know, she's still in that kind of world. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things you can do with her. So I, I'm not, I don't, yeah, I do want to see the end eventually, but not soon. Okay. What about you, Golden? 
I think Ahsoka is a very interesting character because when you look at like the history of like cinema or whatever, there's not that many characters that have been in different stories that have spanned literally over 10 plus years. And we have someone like Iron Man who began in Iron Man and then after an 11 year journey finished in Avengers Endgame. I wonder if they're going to do if they're going to do something like, like that with Ahsoka, because if you exclude the nine movies or I guess 11 movies, Ahsoka is kind of the face of the Star Wars. That's not the movies. You know, mm-hmm. she was the face of the Clone Wars. She had a very commanding presence in Rebels. Um, they're going to make a show about her. She had an appearance in The Mandalorian. So Ahsoka to them might be like the face of just the non-theatrical Star Wars. And then maybe at some point, whether it be the end of this Mandalorian story, whether it be something closer to The Force Awakens, whether it be something after the Rise of Skywalker, I feel like when her story does come to an end, it's going to leave a very strong impact because we saw her whole story. And say say her story does take place, goes up to after the rise of Skywalker, and she can play a mentor figure to um, Rey. Then it's it's interesting because when we read these classic stories, you don't really know the whole mentor's story. Like with Gandalf, he was the mentor. With um, Obi Wan before the prequels, he was the mentor figure. But with Ahsoka, we have this whole story that we've seen her grow up until she became this older woman. Um, and then at that point, she can sacrifice herself or have her story end in a very impactful way. Um, I hope they do something like that, where whenever she does end, it's going to be something that's impactful. Yeah, I wonder if Dave Filoni already has that planned out. Like, if he knows how Ahsoka's story is going to end. Because with Thrawn and Ezra, it's like she can go out into the unknown regions. She can basically deal with that story over there. But we don't know, at least in The Rise of Skywalker, if she's alive or not. It was meant mm-hmm. to be left open-ended of, you know, we hear her voice, but that doesn't mean she's dead. So she could be alive during the rise of Skywalker. She could be alive past that. We don't know. Um, but hopefully, Oh, it would be nice to have someone who has a happy ending. I mean, everyone in star Wars seems to just die in the worst ways possible. I mean, Han Solo, did he have a happy ending? No, he, you know, fell off a cliff. Uh, Leia was thrown in the space and then died of old age. And Luke, it, like farted or something and then disappeared. Superman so, Leia. Superman, Superman Leia. Leia. Uh, yeah, the disrespect. Um, that's exactly what I said, Goldman, after watching The Last Jedi. I was like, wow, the disrespect. Wow, wow, wow. wow. And it, was, it was silly. It was silly. There was so many better ways they could show her being, you know, skilled in the Force. That was just a we, 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 we can have a sequel trilogy debate another time. Yeah, we're, we're, we have to. We've got to build up to that. And Palpa memes has to be on yeah. to that one as well. Yeah. That's going to be our it special just guest. Be, it'll have to be a 2v2 or a 1v1. Yeah. And it's funny because me and Lunger are so indifferent to not only the prequels and the sequels. It's like, eh, who cares? But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but our, our next topic, and one that's going to be a little quick, is uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but apparently there was a Skywalker Academy trademark that happened uh, not too long ago. Um I can't remember if it was this past week or the week before, but they Lucasfilm trademarked Skywalker Academy, and that made everyone speculate on if this was going to be a show, a new series, a comic book, a, definitely not a movie, but a video game. And someone, uh, Jordan Mason, said it was probably just going to be athletic wear. But what do you guys think? What do you guys think about Skywalker Academy? Does that excite you at all? Does that name just titillate the senses in any way? Absolutely. I mean, when you think of Skywalker Academy, Anakin didn't have his own academy, so it's going to be Luke, or if they're really going with the Ray Skywalker thing, then Ray. I think it'll be Luke. I mean, it makes more sense that they tie into all that. <laughs> what? Longer? You keep dreaming for that. <laughs> I do. I, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen someday. It's going to happen someday. Um, it's it's going to be something with Luke, maybe a tie into Ben Solo and all that. Um, if, it's, if it is indeed a story, if I, I try not to get my hopes up for these, like, very vague like details like rumors or whatever um but i hope it could be a very interesting story i mean i think that's something we, we'd all be interested in seeing what was luke skywalker's academy like before the flashback from the last jedi yeah um, the the issue i have with it is and this is why i hated what the, when it's what the sequel did it like if you're going to do your own story that's fine leave some things vague so there's room for people to play right they said like legit times of when like he he started the academy when kylo was x years old it was x years after this is that and and it's like you're 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 back in other creators now into a corner with this really unnecessary now canonized information 
and you're backing him in a corner where you could you could have you know still done it without that. You could have had him have an academy before Ray, well, but or before um, Kylo. But Ben was his first student, so you have to start with that, you know, because he didn't really have an academy until Ben. So if we're gonna have a Skywalker academy and it's evolving Luke, Ben is gonna be there. No ifs or ands or but about it because he didn't have an academy before he started doing Ben. Uh, I now I could see to give you a little more excitement. I could see them this being some kind of animated or even Lego thing involving Ray and her academy. I don't see well, it as being a live action or movie or thing, but I could see like an animated thing or something. If for me, like if they ever do a story with Ray after the Rise of Skywalker, she can't just be like the head of her own academy yet. She needs to, and if she does, she needs like ten years or something to actually become a much wiser person because she's know. not. She, you just True, say Ray was not wise. No? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Just because I like the character, she's wildly immature. She has, uh, she's still very tempted by the dark side. I mean, she didn't resolve that. She, uh, she found her family. That's what happened at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Didn't fix her own personal other the one, the issues. She has, yeah. So she has no, she, so she has no, she, no family she, again. No, she has, <laughs> she has the, the whole resistance. That's her new family. Oh, her friends. And, no, found the found family. Yeah, yeah, Lunga. Didn't you know the real Skywalkers were the friends we some, made along the some, way? Some some things are stronger than blood, Lunga. We got. I got a poke. I got a poke. It's it's yeah. it's it, 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 it adds. In no words. I, I, tr- I truly <laughs> do hope we get a, a Luke Skywalker Academy instead of a Ray Skywalker Academy. I mean, I think it would be funny if she did her own Academy and they were like, "Oh, so we get to become Jedi?" She's like, "No, you're going to become Skywalkers." Like that's the new right. Jedi. Hey, everyone's a sky. Yeah, yeah. That's Without the R, wow. right? Yeah. Skywalker. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. She never says Skywalker. She's a Skywalker. Um, good for her. Uh, I I don't think uh, we'll get a Skywalker Academy series based on like uh, Luke teaching the the Academy and whatnot. I mean, they talked about a Ben Solo series being in the works, an animated one, and th- that could be kind of what this is. I just think. Um, I'm kind of done with Luke and that's, it's sad to say, cause he's my favorite character of all time and I, I love his story. But like when it comes to what we've known from the last Jedi, what we've already seen in the comic books, like the rise of Kylo Ren, we've seen enough of his Academy to kind of get the vibe of like what it was and whether you like it, if it's satisfactory or not, it's up to you. But for me, I'm like, I don't want to continue to delve into this character. I mean, if they did this in live action, I would cry. If they, if they were like, we're going to do Skywalker Academy live action, Luke's back. I wouldn't watch it, man. I'd be really like, you're gonna de-age and do CGI Luke for Sebastian Stan. Sebastian no, Stan. Okay, <laughs> if he was doing it, that'd be a different story. But it, it doesn't seem like he is. I mean, I don't know why they didn't bring him back for the season two finale, but they should have. So uh, I don't know. If it happens, great. If not, whatever. Um, it could even be book. It could even be books and comics. It, it could. No. It may not even be anything TV wise or, or anything. Could be a. Uh, could be a multimedia project. Books, comics, maybe mm-hmm. a video game. I think a video game would be really cool. Like a really cool. It'd be it'd be kind of like uh, akin to the Jedi Knight Academies that we had. Um, well, what did that come out on? I, I played it on like Xbox 360, I think. But uh, the ones with Calcutta and everything really famous at that time. So maybe we could do something like that. A little reminiscent of the old days. Uh, who knows? But uh, speaking of fun lightsabers, I don't know if you guys heard the like wild stuff going on like the past week or two about this. Uh, one of the most interesting things that happened recently is that a virtual press conference. Disney Parks chairman showed off a lightsaber and not just any lightsaber either. This was one that everyone who watched it said looked very real. There was no blade that like when you have like a saber that we all have, it's like a big stick attached to a hilt and then the light shoots up the stick. Now this thing went like movie realism from start to finish, brand new blade. A lot of people explaining how it works, but we won't know when they will release it or if they're even going to release it to the public or not, which means uh, the future for the lightsaber market is kind of interesting. Goldman, question for you. How popular do you think this realistic lightsaber could be? Oh, it can be insanely popular. I mean, with the I've never seen a Galaxy's Edge like lightsaber in person, but I mean, I've heard they're not like the best. I mean, they're solid. The hilts look nice, but I've I've apparently heard they've there's been some problems with the functionality that after a bunch of clashes, they don't work properly or whatever. Luke, the Star Wars has the most popular and the coolest weapon in any fiction ever. And there's all these other non-Disney companies or websites that make lightsabers that are much cooler. Lucasfilm should absolutely capitalize on using Disney's buttload of money to make the most advanced 
coolest lightsaber ever and sell it. And obviously you're not going to get something that's a completely realistic where you can cut through walls. But if mm. it's something where it has like a blade that retracts properly um, and looks realistic and f- functions properly, then I think that can go, that could be the most popular toy they can sell. I mean, light- lightsabers are the coolest things in Star Wars for a lot of people. I mean, you can't, you can't sell the force or anything. The next coolest thing you have is the lightsaber. So Lucasfilm should absolutely capitalize on that. And I think if they do it right and it's not a disaster, then it could easily be the most profitable, profitable thing they have besides the shows themselves. Okay. Okay. If we're going to go by how much they're charging for already for their chintzy lightsabers, I don't even want, no one's going to be able to afford this. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Their their chintzy ones are already, what, three, four hundred dollars or something like that. Longa, I'll sell my soul to Disney to get that. I'll, I mean, the things I will do to become a shill in a media access uh, <laughs> Star Wars. For well, then don't forget about me on the way up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> me too. Pass. I'll pass you guys lightsabers on the way up, <laughs> and then I'll pull the ladder from underneath me because okay, uh, yeah, God help exactly. me. Goodbye. See you later. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here's, here's your payment. You got some lightsabers. Now go away. Peons. Um, but, I mean, I would imagine if it works that great and it's that realistic – it's got to be thousands of dollars. I don't see that being like five hundred bucks or something. I, I, well, I mean, yeah, if, if, it, if it is realistic, I, I mean that that that's an interesting question, Longa. If this thing was real, like you could like cut through something, who's the first person you would kill with this lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think I didn't mean it was that real. <laughs> it, it, it would be all over the news. Like man goes to a supermarket and cuts people in half with yeah. a Lucasfilm lightsaber. I, I should do it here because uh, it would be Florida man. I mean, it'd be perfect. Long live Star Wars only Lunga and Goldman. Thank you very much. Uh, we're not going to live long if we get realistic lightsabers. Though. I mean, nope. there's that famous meme of uh, like Luke getting the most dangerous weapon in the galaxy and then looking down the hilt and this is like, yeah, right there. So uh, I, I hope this is real, but I don't, I'm kind of concerned like Lunga is. This is going to you know cost me another mortgage or something like that to, to get my hands on. <laughs> Yep, I'll, I'll be I'll be saving up now. Every YouTube paycheck will go to a savings account, so I can buy this two thousand dollar lightsaber. Yeah, I'll put my Disney shield checks that Lucasfilm sends me every week <laughs> to that because uh, people still think I'm Alex from Star Wars Explained getting shield t- checks. So um, <laughs> maybe maybe that'll go towards my my futuristic realistic lightsaber that they haven't even shown it to the public or anything. It was apparently just at some press conference for. I don't know if it was Access Media or who it was when it comes to Disney stuff, but everyone who was there was freaking out, and I'm I'm really intrigued on how this is going to pull off. Like, it, do you think they would release it to the parks first? Like, make this exclusive to Galaxy's Edge only? Oh, yeah. like you can only see these things in Galaxy's Edge. Like, um, you guys seen the South Park episode where like Cartman he gets a theme park, and only he goes to the theme park for like weeks, and then when he opens it back up, everyone wants to go because they weren't allowed to see it for so long. Disney could do that with this. They're like, hey, we're going to have these lightsabers. Like, we're going to have them for a year. We're just going to show them to you. Oh. And you're going to love how, how cool and realistic it is. And we're never going to tell you how much it's going to cost. We're never going to tell you when it comes out. And then like a week before they release it, they just say, hey, it's on sale. Here. Um, no, because I, I, when I first saw about this on Twitter, whatever, it was like a week or two ago, someone posted a link for a patent that Lucasfilm filled out for a uh, internally illuminated retractable lightsaber and like you can see i mean this is complete like engineering i don't understand all of this but it's interesting to see how it's like designed i can send a link and put it in our twitter group um what this patent looks like here give me a sec but it's, it's interesting longer if you don't mind i'm gonna let you do the screen share yeah i'm just waiting for it to pop up yeah i'm waiting for twitter to freaking load Oh my god! Yeah, I've, I've seen. I think a few of the patents are like the 3D animations they did for it, and it looks. I I don't know how it works. I'm not an engineer. I, I, but, but, I just don't see how, because obviously here. you know the hilt is yay big, right? Okay, and the blade's going to yeah. be at least two foot, depending on the blade so you're getting, but at least two foot long, which means that entire blade cannot fit in that hilt. Meaning it would have to be some kind of concentric thing, like those cheesy ones you get from. We used to get at Walmart or yeah, Us, maybe the concentric kind of you know what it's inside the other uh, antenna like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I don't see how it can do that without, and you would see that line, which would annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> well, I mean that's what makes it interesting with like uh, the sabers that we have today is that you have um, 
the blades are made out of polycarbonate glass, yeah. which is supposed to be bulletproof, and there's different versions to that. And then there's two options when you're making a lightsaber today. You can do um, a uh, you, you can do like an LED strip, which is makes it look like it's going up and down. And <laughs> Lucasfilm will come out with insurance for lightsabers. That'd be cool. But yeah, like Longa's got it right here. So normally these uh, it's empty right now, but these will have an LED strip that make it look like it's lighting up and lighting down. What oh, Lunga has here. <laughs> what Lunga has here is a like a 12 or 14 watt LED at the very bottom where his hilt is at. So when he turns it on, it's not going to go up and down like you would see in the movies, right. but it will light up a, a lot prettier than you sometimes would get uh, with other kinds of lighting with a Star Wars hilt. So like you were saying, Lunga, it's going to be really curious on how this is going to work because like, there's no way the, the blade is polycarbonate as well. So it's going to be something that materialistically has to stand the test of time, but also can shoot out and shoot back in in a very fast pace. So I'm, uh, I'm curious. Yeah. I posted the link in. All yeah, the I private got it. Chat. I saw it. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Apparently it was filed in 2018 also. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking about this when they filed the patent, everybody was kind of like, Oh, this is interesting. What's this new uh, thing that they're adding. And then um, that, that now that we kind of have more evidence that it's actually happening, uh, I can share Lunga's screen down here. All right, I think we have it. Boom, look at that. There you go. So, I mean, that that's very... You know, I see gears. I see gears, which is kind of cool. Okay, there's gears and chains and stuff, and and <laughs> this and that. But I don't know what it's moving because this thing's only about you know eight inches, ten inches long. So I don't know <laughs> what it's gonna move. Or how does it gonna work? Well, keep scrolling down. There's more than one image. Uh, all right, here we go. First blade body member, second blade body member, which means it's gonna have to be some kind of concentric deal. If there's two if the blade's two parts I, I just I'm still not a lot of detail in the hilt which which is great and the LEDs mm -hmm. but they're not giving us much about the blade itself like oh yeah here's the hilt here's the LED strip yeah we get that where's the blade well here looks like a cap for the top of the blade it's probably like a measurement of distance, like when it goes out to a certain point, and the cap knows to stop or something. I'm not. I'm no like engineer. It, it explains how the oh the LEDs will be on a spool and they'll retract. Okay, that's cool. That's how the LED goes in. I understand it. But what about the plastic polycarbonate, whatever it is, blade that's around mm -hmm. the LEDs? You know, only thing I could. Okay, hold on. I do have, but it wouldn't be very. You wouldn't be able to really lightsaber duel with it because they have those that new technology that they're using for TV. The OLED. Which is basically LEDs that, that that you can bend and curve. You know what I mean? So if yeah. they use some kind of OLED technology, they could basically have a flexible plastic that has the lights embedded into this OLED, and that could come out. But it wouldn't actually be like a like a it wouldn't be like a tube. It wouldn't be like a like a cylinder like the blade is. That that's this none of this is making sense to me. I, I still don't see how it would work. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, only uh, time will tell. This is not my expertise, and it will never be because this is a uh, yeah, this is way too complicated. I mean, I, some engineer I mean, put a lot of work in that hilt. I mean, I'll give him credit. There's a lot of work going on in that hilt. Uh, it's Disney. They threw they threw you know buckets of cash at the guy. Huh. Well, I'll I'll be there to buy it day one if it's a uh, cheap. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> if, it's, you if it's reasonably priced, yeah, I'll uh, I'll do what I can for the lightsabers and. Um, if I gotta, if I gotta pull some favors, I don't know who to contact, but I'll, I'll make sure I try to contact somebody. Message PR, be like, hey, you guys can help me out, oh, brother. I mean, the only thing I could think of is like if the, the opaque part that that the LEDs are inside of is like something that's fabric, that when it closes up, it like you know, collapses on itself, but you you wouldn't be able to duel with that. And in here, mm -hmm. they actually show a picture of, oh, this is how you would duel. <laughs> you know, actually, it's related, but I'm assuming yeah. this is part of it too. I mean, it shows you. Oh, this is how you would do it. Yeah. And then on the left, they got the the big like the article about the big reveal that they did yeah. for it too. So, uh, well, I mean, that's interesting. If you guys are gonna get the lightsaber, uh, please 
let, let, let me know and um, I'll send it my way if you guys can afford it and I'll do a review and just promise to send it back or something because I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think we oh why didn't we think of that Dutastic, thank you. You answered the question perfectly. Like, there, oh, kyber, yeah. kyber crystals, of course. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, for, for us, we didn't know. <laughs> didn't know. Um, uh, well, I'm going to try to get into some of the questions that you guys sent into our community tab now before we wrap the show up. I got a few minutes here and uh, see what you guys had to say. <laughs> if there's anything uh, worthy of value. Uh, let's see if Qui-Gon comes back for the Kenobi series, how often would you want to see him? Hey, I don't know if you guys heard, but, um, the, the Skywalker book was saying that they met up after 10 years. Uh, I, I remember saying, I think it was in March. I had a friend who told me that Liam Neeson had been in talks with Lucasfilm, but nothing was finalized. So maybe that happened. Uh, do you guys want to see Qui-Gon in the Kenobi series? And if you do, uh, how often? Not, not too often. I mean, maybe, like in the beginning, he's there for a few minutes. I mean, he's a force ghost. The for- you don't want to see the force ghosts too often. Um, so not not too often, but maybe he gives like a big speech to Obi-Wan like once an episode or something. That, that, that I would be okay with. That's yeah, crazy talk. Good. We need Liam Neeson from the beginning to end. No. Um, <laughs> I do want to, I do like to see more. I mean, I figure about as much as you heard or saw Ben in the original trilogy. That That's what I think is an appropriate amount, you know, somewhere around there, plus or minus a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like a guide. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to do two more questions and we're going to call it a show guys. This one is popular. It says Kessel run transmission said something in the recent podcast about Grogu possibly appearing in the bad batch and a well-known Jedi coming to his rescue. If this ended up being true, which Jedi do you think will end up saving Grogu? Uh, oh, geez. Who was alive during the Bad Batch? Uh, I, I want to say someone like... I feel like Cal Kestis would be an inter- interesting one, but I think that no. that, that's too on the nose. Like, I, I feel like that would mess up his story with Jedi Fallen Order and exactly. because of where he was at when he oh, ran away. Quinlan Voss survived Order 66. I, he was the first one to come to my mind, but I was going to ask you if you know that he lived because I remember last time we talked about that, uh, you said Ventress was oh, dead. So is he dead he as well been. during this? No, and well, Ventress died in a book that took place before Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Quinlan mm-hmm. Voss. Apparently, there was in a Darth Vader comic. He was looking. He and Palpatine were looking at a list of all of the missing Jedi, mm-hmm. um, and like Jocasta knew was on there, but then they found her in Gilder. Um, mm-hmm. well, spoiler she, alert! Yeah, spoiler alert! It's it's a comic that came out a while ago. If you haven't Wasn't read she it, the one who died like three different times. And no, that was Shakti. That was Shakti, right? Um, oh God, if it's Mace Windu, I'll throw my head through a wall. Would, listen, the chat already threw it out. No, Mace Window, damn it. Listen, Goldman, hear me out. Hear me out, Goldman. First of all, your favorite Star Wars of all time, the sequel trilogy, show the Palpatine. Just go just go with it. Just go with it. Show the Palpatine to be dropped out. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. Dropped out a tunnel <laughs> and still survive. Uh, listen. He had his hand cut off, which everybody in Star Wars has had their hand cut off, and he was thrown out a window. That's it. That's all that happened to him. He could survive that fall. Even George George Lucas was like, well, well you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he could, he couldn't. I don't care. And it's, it, you know, Mace Windu's popular character. Everybody uh, either hates him because he's an asshole, or they want him back. So I, I am for it. I, I want Mace Windu. Uh, yep. <laughs> maybe not be the character, but I do want him back somehow, some way. And 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 speaking of which, I, I can I can confirm that uh, Samuel Jackson and Lucasfilm were in talks for a while. Uh, when I, I talked I talked about it of like Lucasfilm was talking to Liam Neeson and Samuel Jackson, but. I did hear that they stopped talking to Samuel Jackson and continued with Liam Neeson, and that's why we're getting him in the Kenobi series. But I don't know what the uh, talks with Mace Windu would would have been about, like what what that was for. If that was for his own series, if that was for the Kenobi series, I don't know. But I do know they've been talking, so uh, that, that's that's a, that's a thought over there at Lucasfilm. They're thinking about it. It's a depressing thought for me. It's a depressing. I like it. Uh, thank you, Fofo. He says Mace Windu coming back would honestly be a great story arc for Boba. Yep. There needs, yeah, there needs closure for there, these there, characters. No, you do not need those. That is not a closure that needs to be closed. <laughs> he seems very, very adamant about this. He's like, no, 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 fuck you no. Fuck Mace Windu. It's, it's my biggest pet peeve when characters who are dead come back to life. Like Maul is the only time ever in the history of anything it really worked well. Palpatine's was stupid. 
But with Fetz, I mean, he technically didn't die, but he's not playing too much of a big role. And I guess he crawled out of the Sarlacc pit. It's not the biggest deal ever. But no, it's like when you're thrown off the top of the building, just I don't want it to be like Marvel. In Marvel, every character that dies is back in some way. I just don't, I don't want Star Wars. Star to Killer that. fell from space, Goldman. Yeah, and I don't. Well, <laughs> Star Killer. Don't fell don't from Star space. Killers are overpowered. Come on. Star Killer is a Mary Sue. We all know that. Yes, exactly. Uh, but well, no, I mean, but do you know that Mace Windu's dead? Do you? Do you? Do you? No, it's Goldman, what, what would be your reaction today if Kathleen Kennedy came out and was like, and I'm happy to announce we're creating a new spinoff <laughs> series called Windu, and we're going to have the rematch of the century. He's fighting Palpatine again. <laughs> like, he uh, comes back to, to finish the job. Plot twist. He didn't oh. die. He became Nick Fury, and he's going to come back missing a hand and an eye patch. Oh, shit. My... there's a misconception that i hate the character mace windu i don't i just hate the notion of him coming back to life oh that would be that would be miserable that would somehow top my disdain for the lando show Uh, at least i I get it because if they decide and let's say all the you know the 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 fanboys dream came true and they brought back luke and he didn't die i would hate it i'm like no no you killed him you killed him that's it he's done don't you don't bring him back because he's obviously dead he could come back in the book of Boba and be like, hey, I'm here to finish the job. And then, like, Boba like, does, like, the Han shot first, shoots him once, like, real quick. <laughs> and then, like, they never mention Mace Windu again. That's it. Like, that, that, would, that would make Goldman happy. That would make everyone who wanted to see Mace Windu get shot happy. <laughs> and that makes Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, swords. Yeah, the sword. Yeah. <laughs> the sword <in> <laughs> <laughs> that could be hell. We kill off Mace Windu again. Uh, that, okay, that, that that I'd be okay with. Just to see all the all all, all the uh, other like the uh, really big prequel fanboys just get really upset about that. That would make me happy. The, the toxic Star Wars fan of me would find immense enjoyment in that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you know, what? I'm going to be really honest. I, I as someone who thinks uh, they understand the prequel fandom a lot, I have no idea what their opinions are on uh, Mace Windu. Because it seems like after the Clone Wars came out, they're all like, "We hate Mace Windu. He called Ahsoka a citizen." And then um, before then, it was like he's so badass. Like he took on Palpatine in like one of the cringiest lightsaber battles ever. So Mace Windu's tied for one of the biggest idiots in the uh, Clone Wars anyway. So that's that's the one thing the Clone Wars did bad is they made all the other Jedi look even dumber. Actually, if you watch a lot of the videos people have done with with lore and talking about Mace Windu, they explain his personality and why he did the things he did. It it actually does make sense. Yeah, I think if you read, like, uh, Shatterpoint, his expanded universe book, it's supposed to be better for his character. I've never cared much about the character just because when I see Mace Windu, I go, it's Samuel Jackson in Star Wars. And that's pretty much it. His personality is Samuel Jackson in Star Wars. So uh, I'm I'm happy with it. That's why we got him. He got a purple lightsaber. He should be happy. He got there was no MRFers, no MRFers though in, in 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 the prequels. So yeah, there was. It was on the side of his hilt. It says baddest uh, <laughs> <laughs> baddest motherfucker in the galaxy. So I mean, believe it or not, that is canon. I think it's uh, written in Arabesh as well. So um, can we can we all agree? Jackson. What we want to see is the return of, of Darth Jar Jar. That that's what we want to see. We need we need Darth. Jar-Jar I, I would love to see more Jar Jar. Darth or not? Well, just any Jar. Uh, Ahmed Best did confirm that uh, Jar Jar is not in the Obi Wan Kenobi series, but maybe we can get what J.J. Abrams was hinting at for Episode Seven <laughs> of having his bones in the desert just kind of laying there. <laughs> I, I think that was the biggest sign of J.J. looking at the prequels and the fans and just being like, "No, I'm just going to tell y'all right now, it's a no." So. Good for, good for JJ. He uh, he thought he thought ahead. Um, uh, last question before we leave. Uh, Supreme Leader says, Goldman, when is your next stream coming? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna. I don't know. Hopefully in the coming days, I'll be. I'll, I have a guaranteed guaranteed stream when the Bad Batch premieres at three in the morning Eastern time. Uh, until then, I don't know. Um, my semester is coming to a close. Um, I'm gonna spend these next few weeks. You know, just getting organized, finishing my uh, school, uh, hanging out with my friends here. And then once once June hits, that's and then I'm going to really start getting back into Star Wars uh, YouTube. Um, but from now until then, unknown. I don't want to make any promises. All right, that's fair. Uh, Longo, you got any closing remarks for us? Uh, nothing great, nothing crazy. I mean, we're I'm, you know gearing up to watch the uh, um, Bad Batch coming up. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, I just do my thing on my channel and have my fun times. I've slowed down on the 3D printing for a little while because 
My son is buying a house, guys. Oh, congratulations. 23 years old, buying a house, Damn. put a hundred grand, a hundred thousand down on this house. Jesus. Uh, what, when he's moving out, my, my daughter, he had, Roblox is money, bro. Yeah, <laughs> That's all yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> Roblox is money. Well, is he staying in Chicago close to the family? Yeah, or he, yeah, yeah. Okay. he's moving okay, down to, this, to uh, the south suburbs again. Burbank is where I grew up, and his grandmother still lives there. Um, okay. My parents and his mother's parents. Uh, they're still down there. It's only about a half hour drive away from where we're at now. Um, so he's going to be down there close to still more family, um, which means I can actually get the rest of my basement back because that's where he stayed. So all my, <laughs> like, you know, the stuff hiding behind here, like my workbench and the 3D printer, that's all going to go in the main basement. And this is actually going to be built out to be an actual just studio studio. That's all this room is going to be. So Perfect. Got that coming up. We got some upgrades coming on Chatooine, even though uh, Lunga's setup is all Lunga. You got you got multiple <laughs> different genres in the background for that. But yeah. uh, thank you all for uh, coming in. This was a good show. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to do something special on May 1st. We're coming back with uh, Chatooine as per usual. But that same week, we're going to do three shows in one week. So on May 1st, an episode of Chatooine. On May 4th, we're doing our special live stream. There's supposed to be a Normally, we do a marathon every year, but we'll talk about that as we get closer. And then on May 8th, we'll be reacting to the second episode of the Bad Batch series. So look forward to that. We're going to be gone and for three weeks, or I think it's two weeks right now. But we're going to be gone yeah. for two weeks. When we come back, it will be three episodes in one week. It's going to be great, as they say. So we'll see you then. Make sure you subscribe to Darth Daddy Longa and the Goldman's channels, who links are in the description below. Can't wait to see you all in Chatooine again. But until then, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe because it does about the show. We will see you all next time, and may the Force be with you always.